Hello everyone, I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband Shane and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree podcast episode 167. Woo! We have a great episode lined up for you guys tonight. I interview Suzanne Michke. She is the founder of Citrus Labs and essentially what she and her company do is they take a look at all the brands and companies that are saying, hey, we're green, we're good for nature, go with us. And she decides if they're BSing or not through science. Does she call anyone out in the interview? Uh, no, but she does talk about, you know, the biggest lies that companies typically tell and how to kind of be on the lookout for that. Mm, so interesting. Yeah, really good info. And I hope you guys enjoy it and find it as, uh, I don't know, knowledgeable, knowledge giving as I did. Well put. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but Shane, I cannot put a sentence together because number one, yeah, I'm exhausted, but what's new? Number two, I am just overwhelmed with excitement and stress, both at once, pulsing through my veins, through every freaking cell in my body, because we are going to Disneyland this week. Disney World, right? Disney World, yes. Yeah. Uh, three days from now, we will be there. But essentially, in two days from now, we're going to be sleeping in an airport hotel because we have to get up so early in the morning. And I am just... Like, I can't even tell if I'm just excited or if I'm stressed or it's both or if I'm terrified. Like, I don't know. How are you feeling about everything? I think we're both getting a little bit sick, too. We both yeah. have that special tingle in our throats. And I do think when something like this is going on, your immunities lay down a little bit and you, you're vulnerable to attack. Somebody told me today, one of my followers, about the Disney flu. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. So I've never been to Disney long enough to, I think, experience this. This might be the first time we're doing four days in a row. Are we? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. But apparently, like halfway through, she said that it's a common thing and she was shocked that I had never heard of it. But like halfway through a Disney trip, kids and everything will start to get like really sick and flu symptoms just because of all the people touching everything. And you know what I mean? Like all the rides, I guess. Of course, yeah. So are they actually getting sick or is it in their head or they're no, getting delirious? They, they're getting sick, but mm. probably delirious too. And you think about how much you're walking around and how tired you are. So it's like us right now, immunities are down. Yeah, for sure. But I am really excited and one thing that's been making me quite nervous is that like i'm trying to lower my expectations but i think they're a little bit high because the last time we went to disney world lucy was only a year and a half it was 2020 like two months before covid shut everything down and i mean we were only there for a day but again it was the busiest day of the year because it was new year's eve but it was a dream. Lucy was a dream. And I was thinking back on that. And I'm like, man, Disney was easy. We were there with such a young kid and it was the easiest day ever. We got on the rides we wanted and Lucy was the best. I did get lost though. I lost you for a period of time. <laughs> there was a man who didn't like the fact that we had a stroller oh, and so like mad. told you to F off or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I tried to find him in the sea of people. Like I went chasing after him. Did you know the restaurant that you went chasing after him in? We are, that's where we're watching fireworks from the very first night that we're there. We have a big party there. Oh, wow. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. But everything was so easy that time in regards to our kid, right? And in regards to you and I, I think you and I were in a really good mindset where we weren't allowing each other to get bothered by each other. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes your spouse can just really grate on you and it's easy to start snapping at each other. But you and I were both like, nope, we're in this together. 
Well, you know you're going to a place that is not for you, maybe. Right. And for that reason, you're not as annoyed, I think, if mm-hmm. you can't get to and fro as fast as humanly possible. Because you already know the deal. You're going to be moving slow. You can get to like five, six rides tops probably. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's all we did the first that, – that day too. But it was the busiest day, right? Um but anyway, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? That might be the one thing that I'm nervous for is even though I'm really trying to set my expectations low, they're automatically at kind of a high place just because when we were there with only one kid, it was pretty great. And she was really easy. So I'm nervous because like that's impossible to replicate, especially with two kids and toddlers who can vocalize what they don't like more. Well, I don't know. We're in a pretty cush situation. We're being sent there by Disney. Mm-hmm. We have like a liaison and like, you know, we're going to special things and line pass. I don't know what's going on, but we're getting special treatment. So yeah. I do think that alone makes things easier, having that helper with you and mm-hmm. like all of our like itinerary set up for us, which is half the battle. Absolutely. So So, you know, you didn't really... Let our listeners know that part. Well, because it's only like two events a day that we're doing with Disney and everything else is stuff I'm planning, right? So it's still a lot. I still feel overwhelmed by everything. Like today, though, I made a good decision. I got a stroller rental. So we have a double stroller. And I heard this is a hot tip. Go with Kingdom Strollers. They're a third-party company because if you rent strollers direct directly from Disney and the, the Disney affiliates told me to do this too – but you're not allowed to like take them from park to park. So when we're park hopping, we have to drop them back off at like the main oh, entrance. How much does this third party stroller cost? This is the other amazing part. I'm renting it for a full week. Like the whole time we're in Florida. How much does it cost? $150 for the whole week. It is so cheap considering. And it's a, du- a double stroller. We have insurance on it. Comes with like a rain cover. Everything the works one fifty for the week, and they deliver it to our hotel and then pick it up from our Airbnb. Wow. That's pretty good, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Kingdom strollers, guys. If you ever find yourself in that situation, but anyway, that's the one thing I'm nervous about is maybe the kids being a little funky because they do get funky these days. Is there anything that is making you nervous about the trip? I think any like I don't know. I well, I guess sleeping in the same mm. room as your mom. So we're gonna. Yes. We're going to be sleeping in the same room as your mom. (laughs) I don't know why I need to reframe it. As my mom and the kids. Yeah. So that makes me nervous just because I don't know what I do in my sleep. Am am I snoring? (laughs) Am I rolling over? Am I making weird noises? Am I like humping you? I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I mean, you're going to be rolling over on me, not her. And hopefully if you're accidentally humping me in your sleep, which you don't do, you know, she'd be sleeping too. But you and her both snore equally. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, sometimes you're in like a weird funk and you don't know what you're saying. If you're like, stop it. Or like I yell out (laughs) something or whatever. I just don't know. And I don't want her to think... I'm rude. What uh, if she's thinking about the same things right now too, and she's all stressed out about what she's going to say in her sleep? I don't know. I I, th- I think I don't worry about that. I would be relieved to know that, but <laughs> for me, yeah, that's not super. I don't know. Maybe it is super comfortable. I just don't know. I don't know what to think of it because I'm so. I'm. I haven't slept in the same room as someone. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, I didn't grow up with sleeping in my sister's room with her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, you, did you ever share a room when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Jake and I would fall asleep in the same bed a lot. Okay, like, we'd, so like, you're used to that. Yeah. Me and Tiff would, but if we were, like, scared. but mm-hmm. No, we would. And then I also slept in my mom's bed until I was, like, eight to old. How old? Oh, Shane. How like, old? Okay, the last time I crawled in her bed because, you know, maybe my dad was gone on a business trip and I was, like, just wanted to be around somebody. <laughs> maybe 23. 23. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. That's weird. You no, really hate being alone, though, eh? I do hate being alone. That's the thing. Like, you know, I'd rather just, like, crawl and, like, just, like, chat with my mom until I fall asleep and then... Just know that somebody's around me. It's nice. If it was your dad and your mom was on a business trip, do you would you look at <laughs> no. it the same? No, no, no. No. No, it's different. There's a special bond with the mom? Yeah. Yeah, it's cozy and you know what I mean? It's different. Plus, I think at 23 years old, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird porno. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so I was thinking about that. That was making me a little nervous. And then I was thinking about the things that I am excited for. Because honestly, Shane, I am so freaking excited. And I'm saying freaking because I'm so excited that I want to say. You can't say the F word in front of Mickey Mouse. Well, I want to say it so bad because that's how excited I am. And when I was even booking our dinners, like I got us in for this one lunch at Cinderella's restaurant in the castle and everything. I started crying just because I was so excited for the kids to see that because I know Mm -hmm. Lucy and Betty are really going to flip. And I was speaking with another teacher today at work, and he did Disneyland last summer. Guess how much his family spent? He told you? Yeah. 10 grand. 20. Close. Close. Just under. 16. 17. Whoa. 17. He has he has three kids, though. Why did he spend so much? What did he do? Did he stay at the park? They were there for seven days. He said that they just- At the di- park for seven days? Yes. He said that they just did it all. They said yes to everything, and they didn't look until they got home, and then he nearly had a heart attack. But crazy. Crazy. How much are these teachers making? Teachers do pretty well. That's crazy, though. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's wild. Everyone says teachers are underpaid. I, I well, beg to differ. for the work. I'm for joking. The work. I'm joking. But um, no, it, it's nuts. So I was just really excited to get us into this lunch. It's like super expensive. The kids are going to flip. But this guy also told me that at the lunch, they brought their daughter's dresses, like their big princess dresses, and kept them in a bag so they didn't have to wear them at the park and like be sweaty and everything. $1,000 bag fee, sir. <laughs> I don't anything this man said. I do not want to do. <laughs> no, but he said that uh, if the kids put on their princess dresses before going in the restaurant, then like Cinderella and the princesses will give them like extra focus because he's like, yeah, I just noticed that the kids wearing the princess dresses were getting more attention from three hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> princess focus fee. What? <laughs> Pre-dress, $200 to put the dress on before you enter, sir. No, but it was a great idea. And then you take the dresses off and then the kids are just wearing their like shorts and t-shirts or whatever for the park the rest of the day. And then because we have the stroller, we just, you know, throw it underneath. So it's a perfect little tip. But I'm I'm so jazzed, Shane, and I just want to see the kids excited. And I'm just so – and here's another thing. I think I'm putting too much into them being excited and I'm putting too much um, responsibility on them to be excited about things. 
Lucy's in a real mode where she just wants to go to Japan and see Mario World. Nintendo World. Nintendo World. So she's like, sorry, Lucy is pretending right now that she doesn't like Disney. (laughs) She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I only want to go for one day. She's trying to play it really cool, but I don't think she actually is that cool. No way. Yeah, but she, she thinks it like... Like when today when you made dinner, like I don't really like mommy's dinner. She's trying to, <laughs> yeah. she's in that big, like trying to get a rise out of everyone. Oh, 100% she's doing that. No, I think she will really lose it once she's there and sees everything. Cause even as an adult, and I'm like by no means a Disney adult, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, there's Disney people like the mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Daddy Warbucks with the yes. 17,000. So that is <laughs> Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> but. I'm by no means that person. However, even I am not immune to the charm. The second you walk through the gates, looking around, everything is perfect looking. Everything is so magical, so fun. It's total wish fulfillment from like childhood. And I I don't see how she wouldn't like it. And I was thinking today about like, how do they get it to be so pristine, right? They pump a smell in there. Like, you know, they say Subway, (laughs) they pump a smell in. They do? You know Subway sandwiches? Yeah, they all the stores smell the same. Yeah, the the they say this could be an urban legend that they pump a smell in there. Urban legend. Every restaurant like big chain has their own smell. I'm telling you that's I think they actually might. You, while you're talking, I'll look that up. Well, no, cuz wait, I got to I want to tell you a couple interesting facts. Because yeah. I was looking up I'm listening. I can look up Subway smells while you tell me. <laughs> I was looking up why Disney yeah. It was so pristine. And then I came across some really interesting facts. So the first one, how far away do you think all the trash cans are? Uh, I would say three meters. Oh, that's pretty good. 30 steps. You are never more than 30 steps away from a trash can. That's so if really you're, good. That's amazing. amazing. So if you're littering at Disney, you are such a pig. Like you are such a lazy little pig to not walk those 30 steps or whatever to find the garbage and you really hate the environment. Mm -hmm. Second thing, they do not sell gum anywhere on Disney properties. So nobody can be chewing gum and spitting it out and like it messing up the cobblestones. You're you're not allowed to chew gum in in Disney? You're allowed to chew gum. You're allowed to bring your own gum, but they do not sell it. Oh, right. So that's like kind of based off like Singapore. How it's (gasps) illegal to chew gum in Singapore, yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, did you know that there is a suite, like a hotel suite in the Cinderella Castle? No. That but- that helps keep it clean. <laughs> Only the cleanest people willing to clean the park may stay there. No, but you can't even, it's like being rich can't even get it for you. They use it like once a year in special things and it's wild. So it was most recently auctioned off by ESPN. Mm-hmm. Guess how much one night there went for? 38,000. 75. Whoa. One night. There's wow. like two queen beds. You got to pull an all-nighter if you're doing that. Yeah, I'm not sleeping. It's so exciting. Um, they have a special restaurant in Disney too, right? Like it, I know Drew Carey's obsessed with it. Club 33? I think that's it. Yeah. Like the, the one that you need a membership? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's in the Magic Kingdom too. Oh, okay. And the memberships for that, I was looking that up today. I forget the numbers, but it was like the initiation fee itself is like- They initiate you? What? <laughs> they, they shave your head? <laughs> um, but it's like between like 30 and 50,000 just for initiation fee 
or it's more. And then the yearly membership fees are like 20 grand. It's wild. I wonder what they do in there. It must be crazy. They're like, I don't, I don't even want to get into things going in my head. Um, just and like then, eyes wide shut, yeah. Yes, but with like Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. Everybody dressed like Goofy or something. Um, and okay, interesting fact. Another thing that I just found funny. Which ride do you think had a worker? So the workers at Disney are called Imagineers. Yeah. So a worker famously died during the construction of one of the rides and is said to actually haunt the place. So now every night when the other Imagineers like and cast members close the ride for the night, they say goodbye, George, every single night. It's like the thing that they do because apparently it's haunted by him. Okay. Well, the creepiest one would be, don't tell me, I'm going to do two guesses. Creepiest ride would be, it's either, it's a small world. <laughs> it's creepy. Or... Pirates of the Caribbean or Space Mountain. I'm, I mean, I think a lot of people would automatically go to Haunted Mansion just because it's that. But it's no. Pirates of the Caribbean. I was right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So somebody named George, one of the builders, died on it and is said to now continuously haunt the place. And the last little fact I have is about our hotel. You acted like these were all going to be cleaning facts, by the way. Cleaning facts? You want to know why it's so clean? And, <laughs> and it like... You tricked me. No, that's what started off my internet search today. Because I was like, why is Disney so clean? And then I just started finding facts. I got kind of excited about hearing 10 facts about why it's so clean. And they, but Because you started with two or three. <laughs> they actually throw you in prison, Disney mm -hmm. prison. Like no gum sold on the premises, the garbage things. And then you just went into like, guess who died? Okay, this is my last fact. And no, it has nothing to do with cleaning, but it has to do with building again, but nobody dying. Okay. Okay, so we're staying in the Contemporary Hotel. So this is the closest one, I think, to the Gates of Magic Kingdom. It's like 10 minutes. You can walk there. But the monorail goes right through our lobby. Mm -hmm. And it's like an A-frame over the monorail. So it's pretty interesting. But the rooms for our hotel were actually built like miles away, like somewhere else. And they were also furnished there. And then they were lifted up by crane and put in their places around the monorail. Weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It makes it made me a little bit nervous. I was reading that and I was just like, is it going to be flimsy? I assume not, but I got kind of nervous. Like, I, I don't understand building, so I don't know how that happens, but. They probably had a good architect. Well, I'd hope so. But Shane, what are you most excited for? Did I ask you that? No. Um, I was going to say having a good gum chew, but now I feel bad. <laughs> what am I most excited for? I like Space Mountain, but I don't think I can, we can go on it with little kids. No, but you and I do have a whole one or two date nights at Disney. Just you and so I. So can we go on Space Mountain together? Yeah, babe. I'd be excited about that. I think we should go on it before we start drinking at Epcot. Yeah. That so, was a big memory for me as a kid because I was deathly afraid of roller coasters. But my parents convinced me that Space Mountain wasn't really a roller coaster. Right. And that was what I needed. And it was so much fun. To be on Space Mountain. So there's a few rides I want to do that I want to try to get in when the kids, when we send the kids back with my mom. Space mm -hmm. Mountain, I've only been on once in my life. And I would love to go back on that. Then there's Splash Mountain. But yeah. it's now. It's a big log ride, right? Mm -hmm, but it's now called Tiana's Bayou something. Okay. What about the train one? Yes. That one's huge. That one's so famous. You can barely get. Do you remember mm -hmm. the last time we went? There was like a three hour wait at that one. Yeah. And then at somewhere else. 
And one of the other parks, like Animal Kingdom or something, there is apparently a really crazy Avatar ride. Like I'm not a big Avatar person, but apparently it's pretty amazing. You've seen Avatar though? Yes, the first one. Were you blown away by the visuals? No. Okay. I made me, those things make me want to puke. Did you go with your dad? No. Huh. I think I went with my friend Veronica. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so on our date night, you know, we'll get in a couple rides if we can, because I imagine the park gets quieter in the evenings. I imagine. I have no idea. Probably. And then we're going to do some drinks around the world. We won't hit up every country. How late country. is Disney open at night? I think 11, the rides. But some of the restaurants might be open later. I'm not sure how it works. But there's always um, the second part of my date night that I have planned that will take us like two in the morning or whatever. And this is, I found this online, a monorail pub crawl. So you go to the resorts, the Disney resorts that are along the monorail. There's like three or four. And you go to their beautiful bars and things like that. So it's our hotel. Yeah. It's the Polynesian which is like super gorgeous. And they have some really beautiful bars. Mm -hmm. And then I forget what the other one is, but it looks so cool. And then there's oh, a whole wow. other one, like a boardwalk pub crawl with those resorts. Like there's so much we can do. And I'm very excited. No, this sounds awesome. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. So this is our Friday night. How much does a monorail pub crawl cost? Well, I don't know. Our monorail's free. Yeah. And then we're just going to be paying for the cocktails. Oh, okay. Very cool though. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. And it's crazy to think that this is four nights from now. This is going to be happening. Yeah. Just because we're in such a different place of like stress and um, our house is a mess as per usual and yeah. everything right now. But. And I got to do a, a live show on Wednesday, which I'm not a real, not much of a live performer. But and when Shane says a live show, he means a live comedy show. Yes. Comedy show like like a sketch troupe. I'm not even in a sketch troupe, but I'm performing like I am. And uh, yeah, it should be interesting. It's absolutely will be. And I cannot wait. It's going to be a wild 24 hours because we have to go from, I'm dropping off the kids at an airport hotel with my mother, then go on a Shane show with my dad. Then my dad's going to take Shane and I back to the airport hotel. Then we got to be up at 3.30 a.m. to be at the yeah. airport. If anyone knows Bruce McCullough from the famous comedy troupe and show Kids in the Hall, that is who we're opening for. And uh, because he is a producer of our sketch show that's coming out in July, I hope. Is there a movie called The Kids in the Hall, Brain Salad? No, close. Brain Candy. Brain Candy. So I was telling somebody, I was bragging about your live show this week. Mm hmm and uh, somebody was like, oh, I don't know if you know Kids in the Hall, Bruce McCullough. And he's like, Brain Candy's my favorite movie. Oh, that people love that movie. I, I think that movie's awesome, too. I want to see it again. I've never seen it. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I'm really in the mood to see that movie. Let's do it up. But uh, yeah. before we do that up, I want to get to our interview with Suzanne Mishki. I'm going to say that again, Erica. No, no. Keep that. Do not. <laughs> okay. Keep that. Okay. Uh, but before we get to our interview with Suzanne Mitchke, let's let everyone know who we're supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprint. And one way we're doing this is through eliminating single-use plastics in our household. Bye, single-use plastics. <laughs> and with two kids and a lot of laundry between the four of us, one of the easiest ways to actually go about this was just stop using plastic detergent bottles because it was looking like a graveyard in there. Bottles? Yeah. Jugs we don't allow in either. <laughs> Bottles are just, you know, smaller jugs. We used to get jugs, yeah. big jugs. 
it was it was quite annoying, quite in your face. Mm-hmm. But we discovered True Earth laundry detergent strips, and we have not looked back since. It's been almost two years now. The detergent itself comes in these pre-measured soluble strips that you rip apart, put in your washer. It is so easy. And the best part is that there's no plastic. The packaging is compact, and it has drastically changed the tidiness, first of all, of our laundry room, because that's where those are. But now we're using their laundry, sorry, their dishwashing detergent strips too. And now the under sink of our kitchen, the under sink, what's that called? The cupboard? Yeah, the kitchen cupboard. Even that's looking tidier. Oh, the the detergent is smaller too? Yeah. I didn't know that. You sure it is? Come on. Yes, you just rip it off. Same thing. They're like little tablets. You rip them off. That was a test, Alex. (laughs) But it really is amazing. And as a family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we usually go for the baby detergent because it's fragrance free, gentle on everyone's skin, but still so tough on dirt. So everybody's clothes come out smelling great and still crispy clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 to get 10% off your order. And that's 10% off of a one-time order or a whole on subscription. You will love this product. Take my word for it. Again, that is true.earth and ThisFamilyTree10. And now let's get to our interview with Suzanne. So Suzanne, I am very excited to have you on This Family Tree podcast. I'm very much in... I'm the target for companies greenwashing, and this is what we're talking about a lot today. And I am the person that they are trying to get with this, okay? Because I care about sustainability. I, I want to just be good to my body and use things that are, I don't know, not going to exacerbate issues. And for this reason, I need a pro. I need somebody who knows more about this than I do because I'm an idiot in fields that are not mine. So if you could start off by telling me and the listeners what exactly it is that you do, Suzanne. Uh, Citrus Labs is the fastest growing provider of clinical studies for brands. And our mission is to elevate brands with affordable clinical studies to create research-backed product claims that raise business growth. Now, in simpler terms, uh, what we do at Citrus Labs is substantiating claims like 95% saw a reduction in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles or 90% 90 experienced more restful sleep, fell asleep faster, stayed asleep longer. Um, Basically, that's what we do. And we are working with uh, many different health, wellness and cosmetic brands, you know, from from supplements to superfoods to skincare, makeup. Um, We also work with medical devices like VR or uh, red light uh, skin treatments. And the interesting part with clinical trials is that cosmetics, skincare, makeup, they have been conducting clinical studies since the age of time, uh, since forever. But for supplements, this concept of uh, clinical trials and clinical studies is fairly new. Um, Part of it is because you know, supplements as we know them now with their fancy, colorful packaging uh, really came up uh, in the mid-2010s uh, or even like a little earlier than that. But before that, uh, supplements, they weren't sexy. There was no need in substantiating any health claims because it was literally some vitamins. Uh, and now supplements are a trend and, um, you know, claim many different things apart from 
you know, take your vitamins for immunity and now they need more substantiation to actually make these health claims. No, I was just going to say, so your role within Citrus Labs, personally, are you the founder of Citrus Labs? Yes, I'm the founder and CEO of Citrus Labs. Yes, this is fantastic. So I want to pause there for a second and Mm -hmm. ask about, you know, your starting this company where where did you find the need for that was it in your own personal life or something that you were seeing just happening like were you getting pissed off with greenwashing what what was the impetus for you starting this business I actually come from the FDA regulated space Ah. (laughs) so entirely different space Um, but I have been working in clinical trials my entire life and I actually started with uh, drug trials right Uh, FDA regulated pharmaceuticals and have been working and managing you know drug trials for big pharma for biotechs and i have seen a lot of inefficiencies in this in this space and it was truly mind-blowing because every every clinical study ends up being more expensive and ends up taking a lot longer uh, than uh, it was initially planned and um you know Basically, how I how I got into brands and cosmetics and supplements is that a couple of my friends uh, started. One started a skincare line, the other one started a um, supplement brand, and uh, they got uh, they got quotes from CROs, contract research organizations. Contract research organizations typically conduct clinical studies on behalf of a brand, and these quotes were extremely high like hundred thousands millions right brands can't afford this and this is just to say what their product does exactly what their product does it is about you know these are the claims we want to make can you create a study around that yes we can and it will cost you like half a million or a million or two million (laughs) and that is that is ridiculous so this is why I told them they shouldn't worry. Um, I'm happy to step in. I'm happy to do that for them. And this is basically how Citrus Labs came. Do you know, like, with costs that are that high, and I mean, if you're starting off a business, like cosmetic business, wellness, anything like that, I mean, it that takes a lot of money to start a business. And do you think, is there ever people like cutting corners and saying, okay, I'm not going to go with this company that's charging me a million dollars for my clinical trials. So I'm, you know, Citrus Labs not around yet. I'm going to go with this company who's offering maybe shifty uh, trials, but it's much cheaper. Is Does that happen in the industry? I don't think this happens in the industry. But uh, what, what does happen is that these companies rely on ingredients claims. Um, basically, you know, manufacturers uh, run uh, studies on the ingredients and then they say, well, based on the study that the manufacturer did, you know, this is what we can claim. Or uh, they, you know, go back to the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, where, you know, again, on ingredients, um, you know, some, some other companies conducted studies and then they are taking these claims into their product, even though their formulation and maybe even their dosage is entirely different. Okay. So now getting into greenwashing, can you go over in layman's terms, what is greenwashing for the uninitiated? 
So basically, greenwashing means that an organization is really marketing that their products are environmental friendly and minimizing, you know, environmental impact, but actually not. This is on the one side. And the other side of which is kind of greenwashing, at least for me, it, it's part of greenwashing. I think in, in my industry, the real issue uh, is also about being clean. Right. Clean beauty, for example, it's a big topic. This is basically one thing that we saw in the in the last years. Um, but thankfully, I think right now we are moving away from this clean beauty trend to evidence based beauty, which is really amazing. So the clean beauty thing, I, I will say so many people in my circle, both in real life and online, are still very much in that. Okay, because it's it's hard to get away from, especially I deal with a lot of moms and Mm -hmm. uh, wellness conscious people. Right. And as moms, especially I think as new moms, because I know for me anyway, like my concern about things has fallen off a little bit when I realized that it a lot of things just don't really matter. But for a lot of new moms, you really start off wanting to be like very pristine about what you're using. And this starts in pregnancy, right? So I remember walking into Sephora when I was pregnant. And, you know, Sephora's got the whole green beauty walls. They have the little logo and everything. And just asking the people in Sephora what was green, what was good, whatever, because I knew that I had to change a lot of my skin routine up. Because a lot of what I was using, you're, you can't use like sal acid and stuff like that. You can't use during pregnancy. And it was tricky to find to find products that were green, that worked, and that I liked. I was using a lot of, what is it, Ren? Dr. Ren or something? I can't mm-hmm. even remember the name. But what I what I wanted to talk about is is this because it's hard – it's hard to drop that. Once it's in your system and you're kind of used to shopping green, it's hard to kind of get away from. So can you help me? Like, why is it not bad to not necessarily get something that's green or clean? Like if it has these, what might be marketed as like dirtier ingredients, does that always mean that they're harmful to us or bad for us? Yeah. And I was the exact same. Yeah. I had the exact same thoughts before I got into what we do with Citrus Labs. And basically what uh, what clean means is that everything synthetic is bad. Right. But it actually isn't. The one example that I love is Vaseline. Vaseline, mm-hmm. right, is basically, it's, it's not a bad ingredient um, because it's one of the purest products anybody can buy and anybody can put on their skin. We even had some companies uh, that were telling us that retinol is bad for you because it's not clean. It's retinol is oh. synthetic. Uh, but retinol is one of the most researched active ingredients in the beauty industry ever. And you know, some companies now claim that it's not, it's not good anymore because it's not clean, it's synthetic. Uh, but on the other side, in like, the purest form, clean beauty, you have preservative-free skincare products. And you actually really have to pay attention when it's uh, preservative-free that these skincare products actually don't grow mold or other bacteria. So in fact, you know, clean can also mean that it's contaminated. 
So clean can do sometimes more damage to us than not clean because it's just, it's easier, more easily contaminated, like food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is also that, you know, basically the narrative is that everything synthetic and everything not clean wants to harm us. But these are also products that, you know, they need customers. (laughs) So, you know, just thinking about it, why why would a company try to poison me if they still want to sell stuff to me? That doesn't make sense. And then also typically synthetic products, they are regulated by the FDA. You know, so every product that is out there is is non-toxic for us. Mm-hmm. And how? what percentage of companies do you think make these false claims, whether it is results-based or how clean their products are? Like, what is, I'm just trying to look at the sheer amount of numbers. And again, just thinking about myself being pregnant, walking through the aisles of Sephora, being like, look how many options I have. Look at all these companies that are doing great things for me to make sure I'm using clean stuff because I was very much in that mindset, still am a little bit. Yeah, but what, how many of these companies are doing that? It depends, like, what you define as clean, right? Uh, uh, one of my favorite brands uh, for skincare is Common Air. And they're definitely a, a clean beauty brand. And I love their products. Uh, but they're using retinol. So, you know, we got some backlash. Like, this is not a clean beauty brand right. because they use retinol. But they are a clean beauty brand. <laughs> they're good for you and they're good for the environment. Um, so so wait, how, how would how would you define clean? I would define clean as um, having ingredients that are not, you know, basically contaminated with toxins and not, you know, not harm you. And actually very few companies actually harm you. Um, And, you know, it basically starts with the sunscreen debate, right? See, that that terrifies me still. I'm still, (laughs) I am still... um... Yeah, that freaks me out. I don't want to. I was looking this up. We're going to Mexico in a week as a family, and I had to pull up that list again of the sunscreens because I don't understand it. All I know is that it scared me enough to not want to buy the ones listed. Yeah, you know, basically, you know, it, it basically comes down, you know, to ingredients and chemical sunscreen is generally not bad for you, right? Every sunscreen that basically does its job is is good for you. Right, because the the goal of sunscreen is to actually help you not get sunburn and hopefully even prevent you know cancer, skin cancer. Um, so then the question is, you know, basically it's it's up to you. What what do you want to do? Right? Do you want to you know buy zinc based sunscreen or you know, are you fine with uh, chemical sunscreen? I personally use chemical sunscreen. <laughs> Yeah. And I probably will get a lot of backlash for that. But, you know, it, it basically comes down to what you feel comfortable with. Well, look, my whole family in Mexico, I'm just going to say, we're all going to be pasty white zinc sunscreen covered people. That's just that's what yeah. I bought. But this is why I have you here, Suzanne, because you're the expert on this. Not me, not a lot of listeners. This is what you do for a living. You're very much immersed in this. You're educated in this. And this is why I'm excited to be having this conversation right? Because sometimes we and the markets know we are manipulated by 
fear. We want to be healthy. We want to keep our kids healthy. And that takes away rationality. And they're not providing us with facts. They're just saying our product doesn't have this because that ingredient is chemical and it's bad for you. And it's like, I don't even know the effects of some of these chemicals, but I do want to ask like for, you know, deodorants and sunscreens and makeup with chemicals, are they, because I think my fear and my uneducated thought in this is that even those small amounts of chemicals over time can contribute to like cancers and things like that. Is that true? Research says no, it's not true. Um, I think there was one doctor that um, had the narrative that antiperspirants cause breast cancer, but there's there's no real link to it. There's no study that's actually supporting that that claim. Mm-hmm. And also, if it if it would, then you know, uh, if the FDA is uh, is actually the FDA is looking into you know anti antiperspirants. Uh, they are basically the government body that is regulating them, and uh, you know they the FDA wants to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one thing that we have to keep in mind. The FDA is not against us. The FDA is on our side, and they don't want us to get cancer from products. So wait, so let's bring this back to the sunscreen debate then. So can you simplify, like, why was that list put out of bad sunscreens? Um, I think that some of these sunscreens, and that's actually one thing that I I want to flag, is uh, some of the spray chemical sunscreens, they had benzene in it, right? And that's obviously, that's, that's a that is cancer causing and you definitely don't want to put anything with benzene on it um but you know we we found uh benzene also for example in spray uh drying shampoos right that has nothing to do yeah (laughs) yeah had nothing to do with that and uh personally i don't know why these companies are putting benzene in that it probably has to do with the spray because benzene was only found in spray uh chemical sunscreens and not in lotion no how does that get by the fda like how does that get by initial testing well it it basically is one ingredient that is that should actually not be in there that is actually not listed Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was this lab that just did the test on sunscreens and all of the tests, right, for for zinc-based chemical sunscreens, right, for lotion, they were all, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. And then they, they went into the spray stuff. So I assume it has to do with something that's, you know, basically make, making consistency or anything better when they are spraying. So do they then not test for chemicals that are not listed? Uh, one thing I wanted to add for um for actually for the um for the dry shampoo is that uh, also some clean beauty brands were under the that. dry shampoo that added benzene to it i saw that i'm a huge yeah. fan of dry shampoo as are many of the listeners busy moms yeah. and we rely on stuff like that and it's it's so hard but i do have a powder dry shampoo so i've been using that during the testing process are companies and products only tested for the ingredients listed? Like I'm still trying to figure out this benzene thing because when companies are like, when I say I'm their prime target for greenwashing and clean stuff, this is why, right? Because I'm like, what if there's something in it that nobody knows and then it comes out down the line and we're all screwed? So how does 
are they only testing for the products listed? Like how does a, a product sneak in there or a, an ingredient sneak in there? Yeah, so we're basically, you know, for example, sunscreens, sunscreens are regulated under FDA, but anybody can start a, can start a sunscreen company without FDA approval as long as they're using the exact amount that the FDA actually approves, right? But then it's up to you to what you put in there as well. So um, no, no company, no uh, clean beauty brand, no you know, conventional uh, brand uh, will basically get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it basically comes down to the brand if they want to do that or not. Okay. And when it comes to skincare and like, and even the fact that anybody can kind of have their own skincare company and everything, it seems like the U.S. has less rules and regulations around cosmetics, skincare, nutrition, wellness industry in general. Like I hear about other companies and the process seems to be very, you know, in depth. And I'm sure that I, I know the U.S. one is too, but why why is that? I actually think that the U.S. process is uh, is pretty awesome uh, because, you know, because it's not actually it is fairly regulated. Um, so, for example, for um, for supplements, right, mm-hmm. we have the FDA GRASS list. GRASS stands for generally recognized as safe. And then anybody can basically start a, a start a brand uh, based on based on this based on this list, which is really liberating this mm-hmm. industry and generally the the you know skincare but also supplements shouldn't do any harm so why would you regulate it um, for example in europe it is super regulated and frankly you know europeans also are not so much into the supplement graces. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we are here in the united states <laughs> so maybe that has to do with it some supplements and even some skincare products you can't even buy in like your standard drugstore like here. You actually have to go to a pharmacy. Okay. So, you know, what? Okay, when it comes to the supplements, because I, I want to hit that because I know Courtney Ka- Kardashian just came out with a supplement like this week. It's a vaginal health su- supplement, I believe. And it's already getting trashed. Like all the um, OBGYNs I follow on Instagram – because I follow several just being in the motherhood space and the women's health space, and they are just having a heyday with it because they're saying that there's no um, there's no studies to to back up what these products, these gummies or whatever Courtney came out with. There's nothing to say that, hey, they are doing these things. Um, so how do we know? Like as consumers, as a woman who's sitting here just trying to make her life better, healthier, make good decisions and be smart with what I'm consuming and what I'm spending my money on because money's hard to come by these days. It goes so fast, right? So how can I know like what's actually going to do what it's telling me it's doing? How can I cut through the bullshit and get to the truth of a product's claims? This is why the uh, you know transparency in health and wellness is super super important. And one thing to add is that um, you know supplements are really peaking right now. I think new brands are popping up left and right, making incredible claims. They certainly are, <laughs> about, and they have the influencers yeah. behind it too, right? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I there was also so. Again, right? Supplements shouldn't do any harm, right? The 
the one thing that they might do is, you know, you might pee, your pee might be pretty expensive, right? That is basically the most dangerous thing. But uh, I I see it too that many brands they are entering FDA FDA territory, right? It's it's fairly dangerous because now they are making some of them at least are making uh, drug claims. Mm. And there was actually a statistic also from it was from 2015, but in 2015 about 23,000 people actually visited the emergency room because of uh, supplement side effects. What? And now I assume now that number is probably higher because now more people actually take supplements. Uh, But uh, when it comes to supplements, the FTC actually regulates supplements um, and the FTC just regulated um, and tightened some of the rules that they have, especially around claims substantiation. So basically now supplements Uh, must have competent, reliable scientific evidence in order to make claims. Now, this uh, competent, reliable uh, scientific evidence can come from ingredient data, but also, you know, from actual randomized control studies. Do you know, like, is there any website, though? Because, like, I don't know enough about ingredients to sit there and read the ingredient list and be like, okay, this is good, this is bad, this might cause this side effect. I just don't know. And I'm going to say the majority of consumers don't know and the the majority of moms aren't going to sit there and they don't have time to research every little thing it's like is there an easy way just to know if a company is good or not or if they're flying under the radar this is what we're trying to build at Citrus Labs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is what I want you to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So basically, you know, there's EWG, right, where you can find out what kind of ingredients a cosmetic has and if, uh, you know, it's clean or if it's not clean, um, what kind of toxins there are, right? Uh, for supplements, there's no such database. There's the grass list, what I mentioned, right, The from the FDA. And then I think, you know, with Googling, you could probably look up, uh, right, ingredients and what they do, what they don't do. Um, but what we are doing at Citrus Apps is all of the studies that we conduct, uh, we publish and we, you know, basically showcase what the product does, what it doesn't do. Yeah, basically, you know, for more transparency in the whole supplement space, because I have seen, I have seen so many supplements that are trying to claim, you know, stuff around, stuff around diseases. And I don't think that is that is great right uh we have seen in the past couple of weeks we have seen like a lot of companies trying to do things around diabetes right basically reducing right helping to improve diabetes and that is something where i'm like sure (laughs) it's a supplement yeah (laughs) i'm not sure if uh, if you can actually help improve diabetes but let's see right (laughs) Not change nothing, right? In your lifestyle, nothing else. Just take this, take the supplement, and then you'll be fine. And that is something I think is very is very dangerous to do because you know some some companies have anecdotal data of like two, three, four people where it actually helped to improve diabetes, and this is why they think right it might help, but they don't know if these people actually had also additionally lifestyle interventions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ate more fruits, veggies, fiber. You don't know that, right? 
what else has there been? Maybe, you know, new medication has been also introduced to the this patient's routine versus just your supplement. Mm -hmm. See, so I'm a lupus sufferer. And I can't tell you. So being in the content creator space, I have a lot of companies and like supplement companies, wellness brands reaching out saying, you take this, your lupus symptoms are going to be gone. We are going to essentially cure your lupus. And reading these things, it like it gives me a headache because it's so dangerous to tell somebody something like that and then to have them not continue to seek help elsewhere from yeah. scientific backed studies doctors who practice in that field yet you find a lot of people going that route i think more even in the us than in canada because our healthcare is covered so it's easier for us to get in with doctors mm -hmm. and to trust doctors but i think in the states that's a real crisis and you have so many people turning to snake oils and whatever else it is to help cure their diseases which is which is great and i i'm all for naturopathic and homeopathic stuff um but i'm probably going to use it in conjunction with exactly. the stuff that i know yeah. is working you know what i mean yeah and i think that you know supplements make a lot of sense uh, especially if you if you know that you have deficiencies mm. if you know that you know you don't have the best diet <laughs> if you know that vegetables not my thing right fruits mm, don't want to eat it yes take a multivitamin there's no harm in it <laughs> yeah um and it can it can actually help with uh you know with a lot of a lot of things especially when you have deficiencies and it definitely you know it will not do any harm if you if you take a multivitamin but you know again claiming that it will help cure diseases treat diseases is uh yeah, as you said, it's very dangerous. And this is why the FTC is now stepping down, um, you know, a little bit, putting their foot down, saying, you can't do that, guys. <laughs> um, but it's it, it, the whole language around claim substantiation is still very vague, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And I hope that there will be you know, more regulation because, you know, similar to Europe, you know, Europe, we help healthcare is covered right also europe has a lot of um you know vacation where you can actually you know take personal days and i think europe doesn't really have a health crisis but i see it here um you know health crisis also you know for for women for us in in particular right women's health really has been neglected by traditional medicine and it shows in supplements um, you know, women's health supplements uh, pop up, and I'm actually a big fan of uh, women's health uh, women's health supplements. And I myself actually had a health scare a while back. I had so many different symptoms. I went to so many doctors. I visited the ER several times, and uh, basically, people just told me that you're crazy. You have a psychological problem, and here's a therapist. Uh, I still had these symptoms, and then I I basically took matters into my own hands and just ordered a bunch of tests to mm -hmm. see if uh, if I if I had any deficiencies. And it actually turned out that I was really borderline deficient to actually get shots for B twelve. Wow! 
And this actually caused my symptoms. Wow. <laughs> so I then took uh, B12 supplements. And after like a couple of weeks, it, it got better. And it was like really crazy for me to actually see that nobody was able to help me, that I had to help myself to actually order the, the right tests because everybody told me, well, you are healthy, everything looks normal, but they didn't look into vitamins, minerals, which was crazy. All right, Suzanne, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. And extremely soft. Oh my gosh. Mini Miosh believes in quality over quantity and they make <laughs> the best. Well, this it goes with this. Okay. They make the best basics for your littles, like soft, fashionable, so comfy, so timeless. And they can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. And honestly, regardless of event, because like our kids will wear their beautiful dresses to an event, but then also to bed. It's so cute hearing Lucy be like, this is my mini Miosh dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she just loves it. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. And mini Miosh has now come out with their women's collection, which is like something I had been manifesting for a really long time. But this is called the M and West collection. It's the simple, really comfortable, really kind of timeless stuff you love made out of French terry and everything oui, with oui. M and West is ethically and sustainably produced like it is with Mini Miosh. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it and they believe that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. It's available in Canada and in the US and there's only one use per customer, so load up that cart. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get back to the conversation. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm in the middle of that myself right now. I've been feeling, I, I've been writing posts on it too on my socials all week. Uh, I've been feeling awful for the last little while. A lot of it has to do with sleep, I think, but I must be deficient in something. So people were recommending different things. Like a lot of people recommended blood tests, which I'm, I'm going to get. Um, some people were, were recommending hair follicle tests, which I read might be a little bit shifty and the science behind that might not all be there. But I, I am going to order blood tests because I feel like I have a deficiency in something. I just know it. I can tell. I can feel it. You know what I mean? I don't feel right. yeah. like I'm thriving like I should be. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, many women, they are just not taken seriously and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, and what we have seen is, you know, amazing supplements in women's health, tackling PMS, um, which absolutely sucks, right? Uh, but there are also a lot of companies that are now tackling menopause, for example, yes. um, you know, helping symptoms like hot flashes or sleep. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing to see that now this, you know, supplement space is actually picking up where traditional medicine left us down. And where I want to end is, is the last question I want to ask you today, Suzanne. What supplement brand, since you are the expert, you're in this space every day, what supplement brands can we trust um, if you have 
you know, one or two or three. And then what beauty brands that say they're clean can we trust to be so and be affected? If Again, if you have a favorite or two. Yeah. Supplements, it depends. <laughs> depends on what you're looking for. We have so many amazing clients that, you know, have products that are safe, free of toxins, right? Um, but also, you know, are really effective uh, for women's health. Uh, my favorite brand is the main. Uh, so main started with PMS supplement, but now they also have like a daily supplement and also have one for uh, for menopause, uh, just brought out one for menopause. Uh, they are amazing. Uh, then, you know, in the same for, for women's sexual health, wellness is actually a really big deal uh, right now as well. And we just uh, completed a study with Foria, and Foria was uh, had you know showed uh, significance for increasing libido, arousal, uh, feeling more comfortable during intimate moments. Um, that was really good to see. It's actually not a supplement; it's a topical, okay, and a suppository, um, which is uh, which is really amazing. And then from your know, skincare uh, skincare perspective, Common Air is my absolute favorite brand of all time. And are they in North America? I've never heard of that brand. Yes. Okay, amazing. Yes, they are in North America, and their product is not only good for the planet. Um, they don't use any plastic That's great. whatsoever in their packaging, and they basically each portion comes in a uh, comes in a capsule, and you can. You can actually melt the capsule under hot water, wow. <laughs> which is which is really awesome. Um, and their products just feel very, very luxurious. That's incredible. On your skin, they have currently vitamin C uh, and a retinol. And then another another favorite of actually my team as a whole is Naked Poppy. Um, they are also incredible. Uh, we have seen incredible results uh, with their skincare as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. I can't wait to look into those companies. I've never heard of them, but I cannot wait to check it out. That's like phenomenal. We love at this family tree. We love sustainable companies too. Um, Reduce that plastic as much as we can. But Suzanne, where can followers go to check out Citrus Labs, check out, you know, different ingredients and products and things like that? How can they find you basically? Go to our website, www.citruslabs.com. Uh, dot com and then we also have a um, a part of our website called uh, tested products and then you can basically scroll through um, most of the of the uh, products uh, and companies uh, skincare supplements devices uh, that we actually tested and can actually read about the study and also read about the results that's incredible well Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge with me. I really appreciate it. I'm in need of somebody like you all the time. Uh, and I feel like I need to be, I need to take that on your mentality when I'm walking through the Sephora aisles and through their green beauty aisles and be a little more rational with my buying. But truly, Suzanne, it, it was so lovely to meet you. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Good job. I learned a lot about green things. Who's green? (laughs) Who's sneaking? But right now, 
we are sneaking into the mailbag segment. That's where we take listener questions. We answer them as a team, a united front. <laughs> but sometimes we do disagree. So it's not always united. <laughs> Shane's looking at me so cheeky right now. Well, I just don't know what the hell I'm saying. I'm rambling on. No, I like it. All right. So the first question we have for the night. I remember your proposal being spontaneous. Was there a ring or did you pick them out after together? No ring. No ring. So our proposal was a, a mutual agreement. We were watching, um, not Liberace, what's his name? Uh, eight and a half. <laughs> Fellini. Fellini film at the Drake Devonshire on the bed, kind of tipsy. And then I, I believe I brought it up. Yeah. Shane brought up marriage and I was like, yeah, sounds about right. And we decided at that moment that we we're going to get married. We we're going to do it that summer. We did, did this conversation in March. And uh, then the next morning, we had to kind of rebroach that topic when we were. No, you wanted to rebroach it. Well, because you, sure. you were drinking, right? So I wasn't sure. And then you were like, yeah, in. And then it was super great because we logged on to my favorite jeweler's website. And then we just, we both picked out our rings and I got to pick out, you know, my favorite ring of all time. And it's still like, I love it so much. And my ring, it's funny that, uh, it purposely had scratches in it and stuff. It was like it was like a hammered, like very cool thing. But yeah, no. so I liked it because it was a little scratchier. But then, for I forget why I had to give my ring. I left it at the house for, and my stepmom was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get this cleaned up for you." And then she got all the scratches like buffed out, which is funny. Uh, and I'm used to it now. But I was like, "Oh my goodness!" The the thing I liked about the ring was taken away, but it's still good. It was hilarious. Well, because so the jeweler thought that Shane had just scratched it beyond anything. So he totally polished it and smoothed it. And it was a totally different ring. And then we told him, we're like, no, it, it was supposed to be like that. So and he tried to redo the hammering, but he did it so just like any other hammered ring when there was really something else different to the other one. If this ring could talk, you know, been <laughs> through a lot. But yeah, so we chose him after. And honestly, I really liked that because... It just felt spontaneous for both of us. And then we told my family, like Shane asked my parents, like kind of told them that we got engaged uh, on Easter weekend. That yeah, year. so we were, your birthday was March 20th mm -hmm. and that's when we got engaged. And then our wedding is August 20th. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and it was nice and quick. I like that. I like that so much. So four months. It's pretty good. Planning an entire wedding in four months. I was losing my head. Backyard wedding, baby. <laughs> uh, our next question. I know two co-parents who don't get along. When it comes to personal information, what do you think they need to share? Recently, the mom got annoyed that they weren't told that their ex got engaged, but she also didn't share the news that her boyfriend moved in. So it's all very messy. So what's our take on that? So two people co-parenting, divorced or separated, whatever, broken up. He just got engaged. She was pissed she wasn't told. But then she never shared that her boyfriend was living with her. So I think bottom line, I mean, definitely if somebody's living in your house, you need to share that because I think the other parent has a right to know who is around their kids and living with their kids. You know what I mean? Well, also, 
I know engagement, you would think, oh, why would that need to be shared? That's kind of just between them. But it it also is changing the dynamic Mm -hmm. with the children and how they interact because now ostensibly this woman's going to be called, or whoever it is, the man or woman's going to be called stepfather or stepmother. And that could have conversations at the home. So if there wasn't kids involved, obviously you'd be ridiculous to demand like tell me when you're getting engaged (laughs) but you involve the children there's all these other sets of conversations that might need to take place and you might Mm -hmm. want to prepare something so you're not just caught with your pants down like and and that's why i think you should say even before you're gonna do it maybe even Mm -hmm. no i think that's so smart and like if you're on terms where you really don't get along and you hate each other or something do it through a lawyer do it through some email it Email, do yeah, do something. But I do think it is responsible parenting and Ooh, everything yeah. else is irresponsible to not say something like that. That's pretty wild to me. So yeah, get a mediator, do something, do it through, not through the kids, don't put them through that. A friend. Do you think a friend could do that, carry that uh, load? Sure. Um. Okay, the next question. How did you transition to toddler bed when do the girls share a room? Ours are three years old and 18 months. Honestly, it's still a mess. And I wasn't going to include this question, but then I thought, you know what? I want to. I know we've talked about bed transitions before. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I just wanted to pop on here and say, there is no time. The time is when you want to. Like, keep your kids in that crib as long as you can. I know that it's so cute. You see the toddler beds. They look awesome. And you're like, oh, my little, you know, toddler's grown up. If they don't care... Keep them in that crib. Yeah. I think it's similar to pull-ups. Because there was a time where I was just so sick of Lucy wearing pull-ups. Because she went through the phase when she was two where she was potty trained. She she was sleeping without diapers when she Mm -hmm. was like two and a half. That was amazing. Then she had a regression or whatever you want to call it. And uh, was up until very recently still wearing pull-ups and was dependent but I Googled. I was like thinking the answer mm-hmm. was going to be take them off immediately. And they said up to six. Yeah. You can keep your kid and pull up. So I immediately was like, okay, this isn't abnormal. Lucy will probably come to this on her own terms. And I thought maybe five and a half. Like Lucy gets pretty attached to things. One day she just goes, no more pull ups. <laughs> yeah. And she hasn't worn pull ups since. And yeah. no accidents, nothing. And it was like that with the crib. Mm-hmm. Lucy just wanted to be in the crib. And then one day she didn't. And then we got to the bed and then she wanted to be back in the crib. And then all of a sudden she just wanted to be in the bed. And then she transitioned from the bed to sleeping in our bed up until we get in it. Then I carry her to her little bed. And uh, yeah, who knows what Betty's going to want. But ultimately, it doesn't affect her life that much. No, no. We like putting the kids. So they're sharing a room ultimately. But we put them to bed in different rooms just because they fall asleep easier. They'll play all night otherwise. Yeah, the only thing I draw the line at is not sleeping in our bed while we're in the bed. Mm-hmm. That is just too annoying for me. Oh, my God. It's the worst. It's the worst because it happens sometimes. And then oh, we're they both sneak up all in. night. As long as I don't know about it, it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they sneak in beside me and then Shane's like along. But Shane won't know the kids are sleeping in. So he'll come over from his side and try to cuddle me. But then I have a kid on the other side cuddling me. And then I am just dying of heat and sweat because I have two bodies on both sides of me and neither one of them are aware. Well, yeah, you know, for I don't like I would never allow that. But for me, it's like, okay, the warden might allow you to like smoke a cigarette 
in the cell as long as he doesn't know about it. And if I don't know about it, I'm fine. But I would what? I wouldn't want to have be, have her laying with me all night. Well, here's the thing: when she was sick, like last week, she was sick. Do you know where I ended up sleeping on one of those nights because I got so damn in her hot. bed? Okay, that was the one of the nights okay, I, I went to her bed. On, on another night. I slept at the foot of our bed. So I had your feet in my face and Lucy's hmm. feet in my face. And I slept like that just because it was cooler. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a weird move. <laughs> it was slightly more comfortable if that tells you how wow. uncomfortable I was. Um, but yeah, keep them in their own beds and do you. But our girls share pretty well when we go on vacation. I will say that when they have to fall asleep right beside each other on vacation, they've always been pretty good. Yeah, they're exhausted on that vacation. There's always swimming or some sort of mm-hmm. activity that's draining them of energy. Uh, next question. How do you show your partner of a long time that you love them? Simple. I don't. No. Well, what are you going to say? What's simple? It's okay. Surprise them with anything. Like sometimes Shane will be like, I ordered us McFlurries. And that sends me over the moon. Honestly, it's the stupidest, smallest little thing. And he's probably doing it because he wants a McFlurry. But he presents it like, or maybe you do, you can tell that I want one. I don't know. But you make me feel like you can tell that I want a little something special. And it's just really exciting. And the other thing I have is, you know, when you hear people say the best thing that you can do for your children as a parent is just delight in them. And I think delight in delight, delight them, delight in them. Have you not heard that before? Never the way you said it, but <laughs> probably if it was said different, delight in them. <laughs> so delight in them. Yes. Got you. Yeah. Have you heard that? Uh, no, but I, I, I understand the sentiment. I think I've heard. Yeah. And just putting it in those terms, it really makes it so beautiful and really puts so much emphasis on like. It's more than just being there. It's like you're showing them that you think they're awesome. Not just that you're listening, but you think that they're awesome or what they're saying is interesting or something. And you are totally delighting in whatever moment you're sharing. And I think that if you take that, like delighting in somebody else and bring that to your spouse and delight in your spouse, because then they'll feel your partner, because then they'll feel it. And then in that moment, you actually will find yourself, even if, you know, it was feigned at first, you will find yourself genuinely delighting in them and having a nice time. And I think that for somebody to feel like they can cause somebody else to feel delight, like nothing makes you feel better. You know what I mean? Yep. To feel like somebody's like not only listening and present, but it's just totally there and into like so into whatever you're saying and you're giving them so much joy in that moment. Like that is such a special feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the best things you can do to like make your partner feel love. Cause then that could, you know, you could do that in like a sexy way. You can do that in a funny way and whatever. I, I just think it can apply to so much. I am scared of false delight. I will say that. False delight. Yeah. But I mean like genuinely. Mm-hmm delighting in you know like you would your kids yeah what about you what would you say how do i show my partner love yeah like somebody that you've been with for a long time namely me someone that i've been with a long time okay (laughs) i show love uh i think a big way is when you're going to get a drink for yourself getting them a drink Mm. and it's a small thing but it's important and little things like that they add up throughout the day just always you know, if you're cutting a piece of cake, giving them a slightly bigger, better piece. 
I did that for you tonight. I cut a pie and I gave you the bigger piece that wasn't broken. Oh, thank you. Did you notice? You didn't even notice it. Yeah. I don't know if I want the bigger piece. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Knowing what your partner wants and trying to get them that. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I think just not being irritable when you're feeling irritable is a good way to show that you love them. Because you're going out of your way not to feel the way you may be feeling just to to make them feel better. Yeah. No, I like that. And I, I think that goes a very long way as well. Because if we were going to show our irritation, it's like, how do you ever not be irritated then? You know what I mean? It just, yeah. it follows you around because somebody's always going to be irritated. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I don't have the right amount of dopamine. <laughs> we're going to get that looked at. We're... uh We'll get that solved after our vacation. That's number one on the docket. Yeah. Thank you. Um, are you guys ready for summer? I like this one. It's light. It's airy. It's fun. I say no, though, because... I'm never ready for anything. No, but summer... Like, we just had our first hot week in Canada. And what I'm really hating about Canada uh, these last several years, there's no middle seasons anymore. Everything is an extreme. We go from extreme cold to extreme heat with no time to acclimatize. And I don't like extreme heat. I don't do well in it. I don't like it. I hate sweating when I'm not trying to sweat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, I hate shorts. I like skirts. Give me skirts, dresses, short ones, long ones. I don't care. But I did just buy a pair of my first denim shorts today that I've bought in like 15 years. The woman who hates shorts. I know. Well, I'm trying to break out of that. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, I don't love shorts either. They're the worst. Yeah. Like they said, I can wear athletic shorts. I like athletic shorts, but I hate jean shorts. It's it's very hard to look cool in shorts as a man. Yeah. Yeah. And then as a woman, you just get, you know, self-conscious. But yeah. I'm I'm really trying to just not care. And I'm wearing denim shorts with little Mickey Mouse heads on them at Disney World. But my answer is I'm never ready for anything. Do you want the other thing that's freaking me out about summer is that about this time of year when it starts to get warmer again, this is when we get attacked by like insects. Mm-hmm. Not just mosquitoes, but like I've killed about five spiders in the house. Oh, they yeah, they're everywhere. Like, they're everywhere. What the heck? We got to get them. And the raccoons are eating our garbages. And oh, yeah. Uh, it's a disaster. Everything that comes with summer. Okay. Final question for the night. What are your thoughts on the Blue Jays pitcher airplane drama? Have you heard about this, Shane? No, tell me. Okay. So there's a relief pitcher named Anthony Bass on the Blue Jays. Okay. This is Canada's baseball team. He tweeted a photo of his young kids on board a United Airlines flight. And the floor around them. popcorn? Yes. The floor around them is totally littered with popcorn kernels. And he was calling out the airline asking for asking his pregnant wife to clean up after the daughters. So he this is the exact thing how he phrased it. He said, the flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a five-year-old and two-year-old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? I don't believe that happened. So I don't believe that happened either because if it's a – well, okay, to a degree. If it's a pregnant woman with two young kids, I mean, no flight crew, no person is going to put that on the mother. So I want to know, was he there? 
was he on the flight too or was the mom flying solo? Because if he was on the flight and he's calling out the airline, where were you, pal? And why did you let your wife get on her hands and knees and clean it up? I've been on plenty of planes and I'm a slob Marley and I have (laughs) never had any flight attendant ask me to clean up. It's just like working at a movie theater when you're a flight attendant. It's like, yes, it's way better if you pick up your own shit and put it in the garbage, but some people just throw popcorn everywhere. You clean it up. Yeah, but I I think the other thing too, Shane, is that we wouldn't let that happen. Like we, we would pick it up. Like even at restaurants, if the kids are putting food on the ground, I'm cleaning it up as we go and you're cleaning it up as we go. Yes, I know. And we stack the plates and all that. But if we don't stack the plates, the waiter doesn't come over and be like, didn't stack the plates for me. Ooh, you're too like they just it doesn't happen. <laughs> you do it. Get on your knees. You do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I know it's, you know, bad form to leave a mess like that. But I even think seeing that they would be like, oh, OK, this is part of the annoying part of my job. See, I think everybody in this situation kind of sucks. But if he was on the flight and he let his wife do the cleaning, then the onus is all on him. And he's the shittiest person in this shitty situation. I Mm. hope to God he wasn't on that flight. What did the airline do to rectify it? I don't know. He said they're now talking it out or something like that. Mm. But it's uh, a weird situation. Weird situation. Lots of entitlement. Lots of weird attitudes from everybody but if he was on that flight and he let his wife do that he's the worst one of them all did you ever figure out that freezer situation we had we had a freezer explode in our basement i'm just wondering you message them shane that's number 20 on my list of priorities right now got you let's ignore that (laughs) but that's all we got for tonight babe good job well thanks for listening everyone please give us a five-star rating leave us a comment if you're really feeling uh, good about us and even if you're not just lie thank you so much for listening to (laughs) this This family Family tree Tree Podcast, podcast episode 167